well before any fall surge, tonight some hospitals across the nation are already struggling to manage the 60,000 new daily COVID infections plaguing the U.S. As ICUs fill up, some models suggest our nation could see upwards of 4,000 deaths a day by October. The 100 million Americans who are unvaccinated driving the numbers and the risk, even for those who are inoculated. If you allow the virus to freely circulate because so many people are unvaccinated, you give it yet again another opportunity to mutate even more, and you may wind up with creating a variant that in fact eludes the protection of the vaccine. Hello, friend. Welcome back to episode 367 of the People's History Podcast. It's a rough one this week. I feel like we got to take a lot of bitter pills when it comes to COVID. A lot of hand-waving around the science behind the Delta variant and how infectious it is or isn't. And the good old mask mandates are rolling back. Today, we have new science related to the Delta variant that requires us to update the guidance regarding what you can do when you are fully vaccinated. In a major reversal on Tuesday, Dr. Rochelle Walensky in a telephone news briefing said the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that she leads now recommends that Americans who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 should go back to wearing masks in indoor public places in regions where the virus and especially the Delta variant are spreading rapidly. It's a big setback, it feels like. Of course, the Biden administration is actually literally messaging it as a step forward in the fight against COVID. But what gets continually thrown around, and it's a point I'm just going to harp on this episode, is how dangerous, how how scary the Delta variant is. But we don't really have solid science on that. We have science on the fact that it exists. But typically, as these types of things evolve, they become less deadly. That's what allows them to survive. If viruses go around killing their hosts all the time, then the virus doesn't propagate. But if the virus evolves to be less deadly, then it's going to survive. You see, because if it kills its very vessel it lives in, it's not going to spread. So I would just love to see the appropriate science that shows us how deadly the Delta is or isn't, because infectious does not necessarily translate to deadly. In areas with substantial and high transmission, CDC recommends fully vaccinated people wear masks in public, indoor settings to help prevent the spread of the Delta variant and protect others. Behind the course correction, new troubling data showing that vaccinated people who contract the Delta variant in so-called breakthrough cases can spread the virus. I think this is actually the core cause of concern. I think a lot of times... Our officials have been motivated to push us in certain directions, and they haven't been transparent. They'll instead harp on a failure for you to get vaccinated or because you weren't wearing a mask, when maybe they're not sharing everything they know, like the possibility that this came from a lab and is particularly infectious for humans, and so therefore they have to react stronger than they might for a typical influenza-style virus. You wonder, right? Because it seems like the, what really threw the CDC into panic mode was the data showing these breakthrough infections that vaccinated people were getting other people sick. And when that data started to materialize, that's what seems like, just timing-wise, just looking at the timing, that seems like the straw that broke the CDC's back, if you will. The Delta variant in so-called breakthrough cases can spread the virus. 
information on the Delta variant from several states and other countries indicates that in rare occasions, some vaccinated people infected with the Delta variant after vaccination may be contagious and spread the virus to others. The data coming out of Israel is actually pretty alarming. The revised guidance is a setback for the Biden administration after Walensky happily announced in May that vaccinated Americans could shed their masks in most places. Indoor and outdoor activities. To allow life to begin to return to normal. The CDC also recommended that all students and teachers at kindergarten through 12th grade schools wear masks regardless of vaccination status. The CDC added that children should return to full-time in-person learning in the fall with proper prevention strategies. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. When you bring the kids in, then it gets really contentious. And there was just a study that was released a couple of months ago. I linked it in the show notes back then. That showed that when they looked at the mass of children in school, by about midday, they were wet and just covered in all kinds of junk. And if you've ever had a kid, you know, one that's in early elementary school, you can probably just easily picture what these things look like. There's also the clips I paid. I I wish I paid. There was also the clips I played that talked about, remember, remember Shep? Remember when Shep was on CNBC and they were talking about how the mask needs to be very snug, needs to be essentially airtight because airflow takes the path of least resistance. And if you have a beard, that also can interfere with the uh, mass effectiveness. And if it's not really um, one that has like the straps that go around the back of your head and, and at the both points, it's probably not holding it in place. They, she had a whole she had a whole demonstration. And then that's also when she introduced the whole triple mask thing, <laughs> which I love that. I played that over and over again and people got a good kick out of that. Uh, so we've established that actual usage of the mask makes a pretty big impact on its effectiveness. We've also seemingly established that some of those cloth masks, they're not doing much. They're like they're like uh, trying to use a chain link fence to prevent sand when somebody's throwing sand at the fence. Like the cloth mask is going to block some of the virus, <laughs> right? Like a chain link fence blocks some of the sand, but it's not going to block nearly all the sand. So there's perfectly legitimate, scientifically based reasons to question the effectiveness of masks on children who are already a pretty low threat risk, at least according to the CDC. The CDC is now recommending that people, including those vaccinated, go back to wearing masks indoors in uh, regions of the country that are seeing substantial or high rates of COVID-19 spread. Now, it starts as just a standard CNN clip, just covering the breaking news that the CDC is recommending vaccinated people wear masks indoors once again in fricking July of 2021. I'll, I'll point out, starts normal. And you almost think maybe we're going to have an open conversation about masks. And what I mean by open is all sides can properly speak their piece. All sides can properly try, at least attempt, you know, at least attempt to articulate their concern. And then the other side attempts to articulate a common sense, fact-based response. And it goes on like that. That's what I would love to see, because I think anything less than that, it it creates this trust wall because you're not allowing the conversation. People don't trust what you're saying because you're not even allowing that the 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 other the other viewpoint airtime. You're you're by that very definition one sided and really anyone with common sense doesn't trust people that are just blatantly one sided. 
it, it's it's not even like a it doesn't require a lot of intelligence. It's common sense. And so until we move past this, same with the vaccine, until we are willing to hear about bad things about the vaccine, like the good things, and we have to listen to the bad things about the mass, like the good things, because in both cases, the mass and the vaccine seem to clearly show they help, even if in the case of the mass, even if like with the cloth mask, maybe it's only 30 percent. Let's just say it's that low. That's better than zero percent. So we have to have a frank conversation about the real risk reward trade-offs. And until we do that, people aren't going to believe what the institutions like the media and the government are saying. So I thought maybe with this clip here on CNN, maybe we were going to go there. Maybe they were finally going to have that conversation out in the open. With cases rising in every state right now, uh, that designation applies to the near majority of counties across the country. And the head of the CDC says everyone in and around schools should wear masks, even if they're vaccinated. A group of New Jersey parents uh, is taking legal action to block any mask mandates in public schools this fall. This is actually one of the more underreported stories. It's not just some parents in New Jersey. There are parents freaking out all across the country. They're just done with all of this. I'm joined now by Kelly Ford, the mom leading the lawsuit, and Bruce Afrin, the group's attorney. Uh, Thank you so much for being uh, with us. Kelly, I first want to start with you. Your reaction to what we heard today from the CDC. Wow, I thought to myself. He brought on the mom who's leading the charge in New Jersey and the lawyer who's supporting her to have a conversation like both of them are on the other side and he's just going to have a conversation with them. Finally. Well, it's eerily similar to last year when they uh, talked about how the COVID virus was um, becoming more of a pandemic and that they decided to forcibly mask all kids going back to school. Uh, So I accepted it because it was a temporary executive emergency order. And uh, the emotional, psychological and physical toll that a year and a half of masks on kids specifically my children and the parents who've spoken to me have taken greatly outweighs the impact that the virus, including the Delta variant, has on kids. So let me ask you this. Do you believe masks work as a measure to or uh, to mitigate the spread of the virus? Let's just start there. Uh Oh, that kind of seems like a red flag question. Let's just start there. You've already started. And she clearly just made her case. Well, I think that the more important question is, does the government have a right to force children to wear masks for up to eight hours a day? The host is becoming visibly uncomfortable. You can probably hear he's starting to shuffle his papers a lot. He's moving back and forth. He's looking off camera. I hear that, but I'd like an answer to the question I asked, please. Do you believe that masks work to to stop the spread of the virus? I think there's many cases where... um, especially with kids, the masks don't work because they're not being worn properly. Um, There's arguments where people aren't wearing the correct type of mask. So I think that that is something that cannot be controlled in all of New Jersey schools. Um, Bruce, I think we probably should stop the conversation right there. If we're having a conversation about whether masks work or not, I really believe the rest of this is is futile because we know that the science shows that masks work. Now, here's where the divide exists. You have essentially, like all things these days, a Pepsi version of reality and a Coke version of reality. We only get one or the other. Nothing in the middle. Can't exist in the damn middle because otherwise either side thinks you're either lying or um, I don't know. 
they just can't. They refuse to believe that somebody might have an opinion that exists somewhere in the middle of the spectrum. It's it's incredible. This Coke and Pepsi reality where we have either A or B. So what we have, this is where the teachers unions at the very top, not the actual teachers themselves, but at the top of the teachers unions or like the CNN um, news actor, you have the reality that will mass save lives. Therefore, will mandate masks and the children will wear the masks and it'll reduce the viral load in the schools. And then you have the other brand that says, well, yeah, but nobody's going to do it right. So you're essentially just doing a pointless mandate to just check a box and it's not going to actually change anything. Meanwhile, we have to spin our wheels, resources, money, time to implement a mandate that will do nothing just so you can say you're doing something. And then the two just never see eye to eye. They're sort of like what seems to me sitting here in the middle. One side seems ideal, like they've idealized this implementation. And if and, you know, maybe in their wildest minds, I think if we just get 80 percent implementation, we'll be good. And they, they imagine children all day long, not like screwing with their masks, touching them, tugging at them, moving them, drinking, eating, putting them on their hands all over everything and not washing their hands. They imagine that children don't behave that way. Then there's the other side. Who imagines that children are just disgusting animals and they won't they can't follow any kind of mandate when obviously the reality lies somewhere in the middle. But the two just cannot have a conversation. So this jackass CNN team invited these two people on. And now this host, now that he's asked the question, he's just refusing to even have the conversation. He won't even give the other side thought space. He just can't even conceive of it. He's so taken aback. He doesn't want to proceed with the show. So I think that that is something that cannot be controlled in all of New Jersey schools. Um, Bruce, I think we probably should stop the conversation right there. If we're having a conversation about whether masks work or not, I really believe the rest of this is is futile because we know that the science shows that masks work. Well, Victor, you brought Kelly, let me say this. Victor, you brought up the subject. So don't tell me you're stopping the conversation when you bring up the subject. But the answer listen, is, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. We invited you here to talk about the lawsuit, right? Of course, if you believe that masks should not be mandated. In- the lawyer got him, didn't he? <laughs> the lawyer totally got him because yeah, he, he did ask the question. Schools, it is natural for me to ask, do you believe that masks work? Because the follow up then is, then what should you do to stop the spread of the virus? But if you're starting with. Well, maybe the mask works, maybe it doesn't. I think the rest of what you have to say is moot. And because we never have the conversation, because we never actually give real consideration that maybe the mask isn't perfect, the conversation never goes away. The debate, this wedge, this political issue never goes away. The refusal to address it is what gives it life. It happens with all issues like this in the political spectrum. Remember when they were trying to get Barry to say radical Islamic terrorism or something like that? And for like two years, the media just it kept building and they were just goading him to say radical Islamic terrorism. And it was like it it was like this huge drumbeat for like the last two years of the Obama administration over something so stupid. And because Barry wouldn't just hit it head on, it never went away. This is what happens with the mask stuff, the vaccine stuff. And you can just so perfectly see it playing out as it has now. 
for over a year. Because we have to start with a science base. We have to agree on Are the facts first. Are you or do you want to hear the guests speak or just you give the talk? Now, I the answer is very simple. Excuse uh, me. We live in a constitutional democracy. We do not have government by doctors meeting in conference rooms at CDC and issuing press releases. <laughs> That's not a bad point. Um, all right. <laughs> but really, the problem, it's not, it's not just that mom. It's not that lawyer. It's all of these bastards who won't get vaccinated. The U.S. is facing another surge fueled by the Delta variant and unvaccinated Americans. The numbers are revealing. There are more than 34 million infections of the virus since the start of the pandemic. Now, the funny thing here is, of course, it's being fueled by the unvaccinated, except for now we have data showing that there's breakthrough cases for the Delta variant in some rare cases for those who have been vaccinated. More than 64,000 new cases were reported Friday. Now, the other tricky thing we have to keep in mind is the PCR test is different for those who have been vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. And the way the PCR test works is also a little tricky. And so it makes a huge difference when you turn the dial up or down. It's complicated. But if my if my memory serves me from the last time I read how this works, uh, increasing the CT values affect the false positive rate for PCR testing pretty significantly, i.e. the difference between the value of a 35 passes and 40 passes is a 32-fold difference in terms of how much magnification the screening is. So you understand what I'm saying? So if they turn down the screening for people who've been vaccinated to a value of 28, that's how they're trying to detect breakthrough cases, but they're using a value of 35 for people who are not vaccinated, that means the breakthrough infections need to have 128 times the viral load to be detected than the standard person who would be positive. So what I'm saying is to, to qualify as a vaccinated person who is positive for COVID-19, you have to have a viral load 128 times what someone else who is being tested for COVID who hasn't been vaccinated has to have. I know it's, it's complicated and it's numbers, but the information is in our Discord if you're curious. It's also just our, <laughs> it's available all over the fucking web. It's all out there if you actually just wanted to go read it. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I get upset because people argue this stuff with me and I struggle with the numbers because it's hard to remember them, especially when you're talking live. But the information is just out there. If you just want to go Google search it, I got the documents to prove it. Anyways, what I'm saying is when they quote 97 percent of people admitted to the hospital nationally for COVID-19 were not vaccinated, that's actual real number we can go with. If they're going by their actual vaccinated status, not if they were tested positive or not, but if they go by if they have been vaccinated, that's a stat we can go with. And so what CBS is reporting is that 97 97% of people that have been admitted to the hospital nationally have not been vaccinated. If that is true, that is a significant data point for vaccine skeptics that shows that the vaccines are were at least working enough to keep people healthy and keep them out of the hospital. And again, I come back to the risk reward system. If that's the reality, let's just say for a moment, wait, as I adjust my mic here and I sit down. If the reality is you get the jab twice and you have an 80% shot at getting way less severe symptoms when you get sick, that is better than getting the virus. They have not made the case, I don't think, to Joe Public that the risk trade-off is worth it for the vaccine because they 
they really have not just said, well, yeah, it's not going to, because they started with 99% effective and now they've been scaling it back and they've been scaling it back. And every time they do it, the people who don't trust the vaccine just take that as validation for their position. We needed to start from go saying, yes, this thing's new. Yes, this thing is risky. And yes, you're maybe even still going to get it because we don't have enough data right now. But if you do get it, you're probably not going to get a sick because that's how vaccines work. That's how all vaccines have worked, right? It's nothing new there. And we should have been clear about the PCR screening. If we're going to be testing people who have COVID, be upfront about it. We're going to test them. We're going to test one set of the population at this sensitivity level, and we're going to test another set of the population at this sensitivity level. More than 97% of people admitted to the hospital have not been vaccinated. There will be people who watch this who don't think the virus is serious. We didn't either at first. I'm not going to lie. We had no idea. The surge is growing so quickly. The United States government confirmed to CBS News it is keeping COVID-related travel restrictions in place. Joining me now from Charlottesville, Virginia, is Dr. Tyson Bell. He's an assistant professor of infectious diseases, international health, and pulmonary critical care. Now, you can just call me Chris. Uh, what I don't quite get, though, is it, se- it seems like the data shows that 23 percent of the people admitted are Delta. Now, that's a big number, but that doesn't seem to indicate that it's all just the Delta variant. And if any of you out there have any information about any studies that have been done on the severity of the Delta infections versus standard, I'd love to know. Um, I'd love to see that kind of comparison. If, if there's some data that suggests the Delta is more severe or less severe, either way. But what what I think a lot of us watching have seen is a failure to appropriately address what some people's concerns are. So these things have taken a life of their own. And at the same time, we have seen petty politicians act as tyrants. At least a lot of people feel that way. And I'm I'm beginning to come around to that viewpoint as we talk about a new wave of lockdowns. We talk about requiring masks and we talk about the restrictions about around travel remaining in place. And I get kind of hung up on this on this fact that none of it's really worked. We keep fucking over the economy and like just like as soon as businesses start to reopen, we grind them back into the ground again. So we're we're doing like that for like a third time now. Like I see that happening, but I don't really see the effectiveness because we can't perpetually lock down. We eventually always relent. And when we relent. People start seeing each other and the cases go back up. It's almost like we need some kind of treatment out there outside of the vaccine if we really wanted to solve this thing, like a like some kind of well-known, considered pretty safe, maybe been around for about 30 years. You can buy it in Sour Apple on Amazon. Maybe we need something like that that people could take as well, because it doesn't seem like the current approach is working. But yet the petty tyrants... They continue to retry failed policies over and over again. But this time, it seems the leadership class is taking it even further. And every time this happens, we give up some new norm. Um, You know, this whole thing has been about so many norms, about mayors and governors taking power that they've never had before, about the type of even just doing China-style lockdowns in the United States. So many norms were changed during COVID-19 much like after 9-11. And I don't think they're done yet. This expansion of the Delta virus and the hype and scare around the Delta variant, even though it may very well be less deadly, 
has been an opportunity for more power, for the use of centralized databases, for collecting information and creating digital access cards. If you take out some of the words and you replace them with different words or put them in a different time context, what we're talking about doing now is nakedly frightening. California Governor Gavin Newsom just announced all state employees must show proof of vaccination. Healthcare centers will also need to verify workers have, in fact, gotten the shot. State workers who aren't vaccinated will be subject to weekly COVID testing and they must continue to wear masks. Joining me now is California Governor Gavin Newsom. Governor, thank you so much for your time. I think for some, just this kind of mandate creates an intense amount of anxiety, especially for people who are really struggling to wear masks still. Uh, having to wear one all day long is a slow torture, especially when it's almost done. Oh, you're going to be able to take it off soon. Oh, no, nope, one more time. We got we to gotta stop the spread one more time. Okay, but now you can probably take it off. Okay, yeah, go ahead and take it off. Nope, put it back on one more time. And when it's this yo-yo it really messes with people's psyche. Uh, lots of ground to cover here. I'll start with your announcement. Nearly three out of four eligible Californians, I believe, are at least partially vaccinated. Explain to us the timing of this. What's pushing you to require state employees to show proof of vaccination now? And just logistically, how does this work? Did you hear that? He's got like this vocal tick. You can tell he's a little uncomfortable. And when he gets uncomfortable, he sounds like a little goat. Californians, I believe, are at least partially vaccinated. Explain to us the timing of this. What's pushing you to require state employees to show proof of vaccination now? And just logistically, how does this work? Do you have any privacy concerns? Well, 246,000 state employees will be uh, directly requested, in fact, required to provide verification of being vaccinated. If they are not vaccinated, they'll be required to submit to testing. Submit to testing. Uh, what's significant about this announcement is it moves beyond just state employees. It also goes to the public and private health care system. Uh, we have some of the largest employers in the state of California that joined this and are aligning with the state requirement in terms of vaccine verification and or testing. He exposes his teeth when he says aligning like a predator. And you can feel this sense of power that he feels that he has over these people. Like you can just sense it coming off the man. Private health care system. Uh, we have some of the largest employers in the state of California that joined this and are aligning with the state requirement in terms of vaccine verification and or testing. And the answer to your question of why, why now? It's pretty self-evident. We went from 0.7%, the lowest positivity rate in America, just a handful of weeks ago, now to 5.3% positivity. We're seeing the number of people in hospitals increase from 900 to just over 3,000 today. And as was just stated, uh, this is the summer. Uh, this is when COVID survives and into the fall, it begins to thrive. We why not use this time to use some of this money, like bailing out the renters and the money you're saving now on the cops? Why not use some of that money to run a small trial in the state of California of ivermectin? If you truly think that the summer is when it survives and the fall is when it thrives, wouldn't it be fascinating if California led the way on ivermectin trials? Is that so crazy? It's a pretty low-risk drug. Lots of people are trying it right now. You're not hearing of people showing up in the hospitals like you were when supposedly people started taking bleach. So why not? Why this route? Why the 100% solution with the vaccine and only the vaccine? I could see starting there, 
thinking it would work, thinking that there was enough motivation to get people to get vaccinated. Although the vaccine rates in California are pretty terrific. At least with the one shot, but even the one shot gives you some protection. So their symptoms should be better overall. So why not try something like this, too, at the same time? Run it concurrently, even. I mean, you're just printing money these days. Not literally California, but they spend it like they are. It's this, it's this dictatorial, only this solution. You will abide, as I say, because I am solving this problem. And if you don't, I will submit you to testing. I want to get ahead of that curve. And just to put a button on it, sir, how, how logistically will it work? How will the state verify the, the vaccination records of these employees and healthcare workers? I love it when local states decide to set up a database over a couple of weeks, you know, so they've got uh, they got till mid-August to get a centralized database going that everybody can get access through through SQL queries and an API and all that kind of stuff. And they always blow this kind of thing. My local state, Washington, did it. They did something uh, similar to this for people who reported businesses that weren't following all of the COVID restrictions. And then, of course, that database leaked. And then you had neighbor hunting neighbor. And this is going to happen in California because they're going to have, unfortunately, the IT staff will have very little time. They're scrambling already due to all of the things that have occurred during the pandemic. And they have to throw together a centralized database that keeps track of people's names and a lot of their personal information about their vaccine status as well, and then make it available to all of these groups. Gavin was just shaking his big dick about how many people they employ and all of the companies that depend on the Californian government. All of them will now have to verify vaccine status for all of their employees, which is going to be thousands of them. And they're all going to be querying the database constantly. We have the capacity of the database uh, to do that. We will guarantee people's privacy. Their personal information is not shared. Oh, well, Gavin Newsom is guaranteeing your privacy. So what are you going to worry about? Nothing, nothing, because Gavin Newsom, you know, he's going to have his signature on the box, too. It's going to be the Gavin Newsom series. I, I wonder if he got that idea from Silicon Valley. Uh, at all. Uh, the verification process could be an actual card, but we've also digitized that process as well uh, for ease of use. Uh, and as a consequence of those that are still teleworking, they'll be exempted for the moment. And as the workforce comes back, uh, we'll begin the process. So the logistics uh, may be challenging. Of course, that's why we have an implementation starting next Monday. Yeah, we're going to give them a couple of weeks. And, you know... Truth of the matter is, I don't have to do the work. August 2nd, 9th to the 23rd. So there's a multi-week application implementation. Of course, by the second or first week, even by the end of the first week, they have to start taking queries <laughs> because the restrictions are going to be in place. As you know, as we were talking about various agencies, uh, cities, municipalities grappling with this very same question about mandating uh, vaccine. Earlier this month, you're probably aware the Military Times reported that the Pentagon is waiting for a full FDA approval before requiring the shot for service members. Why not wait until the FDA gives the vaccines full approval before you mandate it in your state for your workers? I don't understand how any of this isn't a violation of HIPAA, the Health Privacy Act. It, it, it seems like storing my information in some centralized state database about a medicine I've taken is a violation of HIPAA. It seems like giving that information available to private companies is also a HIPAA violation. It, all of this seems like it is a total violation of my privacy. We don't want to go back to where we were this fall. We oh, well, yeah, we don't want to slide backwards. COVID fear. That's right. That's right. Sorry, I forgot. COVID. I don't want to wait 
uh, till we're overwhelmed in our ICUs. We don't want to wait till thousands and thousands of more Californians die of a virus where they simply can save their lives by getting a, a simple vaccine shot. You got 25%, you noted 75% of Californians have received at least one dose, but 25% of people are choosing to live with this virus. You can't choose to drive drunk. You put your life at risk. You put- that is such such a false equivalency. Your choice around your own medical care is nowhere equivalent to choosing to drive. Seventy five percent of Californians have received at least one dose, but twenty five percent of people are choosing to live with this virus. You can't choose to drive drunk. You put your life at risk. You put other lives at risk. At the end of the day, uh, we've got to be a little bit more assertive to help people uh, get this disease behind us, to help society uh, ultimately end this pandemic. The end of the day, this is the remarkable thing. We have the one thing the rest of the world's desperate for, and that's ubiquity and abundance and access of a life-saving drug. We can end this pandemic in a matter of weeks and months. It's a question of choice. It's a question of decision. And we want to encourage that. And we certainly believe in, well, leading by example as state employees, uh, as the largest employer. Leading by example, leading by example. Now, California has had 64,000 deaths. I mean, it's a serious number. But if you look at the last seven days alone, the numbers are not nearly what they were back in the bad old days of COVID. In fact, when you look at the death rates in my own home state, the entire West Coast, I mean, yeah, 31 people have died in the last seven days that were attributed to COVID. Now, that that's a pretty inclusive group, but let's go with it. The reality is in that same time period, though, they've they've had so many more. They they, they are what they are freaking out about is the cases. They're looking at that case number. That that's like in the last seven days, 10,000. It's bad. It's not great. Not not a not a slide backwards. But the deaths don't aren't really matching up, even when you account for the time that the the, uh, leg. And you go back a few weeks and look at the numbers. Um. The deaths don't seem to be as bad as they once were. And so I wonder what at what point do we go? This is this is getting this is going to be something we live with like we live with the flu for a while. And it's an unfortunate. It's a hell of a damn thing. It really is. But at what point do we stop this draconian centralizing of information, creating of digital passports and and cards? It just seems like a slide into tyrannical control and if you're comfortable with it when it's Gavin Newsom, are you? would you be comfortable with it if he gets replaced by a Republican in the next election? How would you feel? How would you feel if there is a Republican that takes over your state or a Republican in the White House with this information centralized? You don't think these databases are going to end up in the hands of intelligence agencies? I mean, it's a little bit of bacon, but it seems highly likely. California, it's time. The second part of what you announced today was that if you don't get vaccinated, you have to be subject to weekly COVID testing. And as you're probably aware, with Delta variants being hyper contagious, recent studies show that it may not be enough to test just weekly. Do you think weekly testing for unvaccinated people will be enough to mitigate the spread? Are you concerned that there is a a gap time here between those that remain unvaccinated, not sufficiently being tested frequently enough to catch those that may actually have the Delta variant or other incoming variants. July, late July of 2021, and we still don't have widely deployed rapid daily testing where state employees could just test themselves before they come into the office. Same with teachers, same with students. We have just not invested in the right areas. 
we have been so single-minded in our approach to trying to solve the COVID problem that we have excluded other avenues that could have been simultaneously combating this problem with us. Uh, we are specifically concerned about that, and as a consequence, we're requiring it twice weekly in certain settings, uh, recognizing yeah. uh, the efficiency of transmission. You get it, Gavin. That'll do it twice weekly. Of course, it'll take seven days to get results. Of the Delta virus. So you're exactly right. In congregate settings and jails, uh, acute settings, uh, skilled nursing facilities, that's a requirement now if you've gone unvaccinated. And not only be tested now twice a week, not just once a week in those settings, but also a requirement to wear respirators, to wear the N95 masks and other settings to wear procedure uh, and surgical masks as well. These non-pharmaceutical interventions in uh, addition to those weekly tests. Let's talk about the intersection, if we can, of COVID and politics for a moment. Your handling of the coronavirus, sir, has been a driving force behind uh, the recall effort. And yet he's still doubling down on that fantastic leadership. Can you just set the record straight for us? Do you support? This is, by the way, the first moment in the interview that Gavin wiped that stupid smug smile off his face. Mask mandates right now, the decision that was made in L.A. County recently. Yeah, we support localism. We support what's happening in not only L.A. County and Pasadena, but also throughout Northern California. Would you support localism if they didn't want the mask? The Bay Area, uh, well over half the state's population, particularly in the most densely populated parts of the state, are under some form of either a mandate or recommendation for face covering. But our focus here today is on the 25 percent of people that haven't been vaccinated. We can end this disease and we can move beyond mask wearing. Uh, we can move beyond the stress and the rancor around. In- when that 25 percent number is kicked around, the 25 percent that haven't been vaccinated you know it doesn't account for people that have natural immunity. Of course, I'm not allowed to even bring up natural immunity. I apologize for touching the third rail there for a second. But the number is, its these numbers are so loose to begin with, how they're collected, how they're collated. But then, of course, there's all these edge cases they don't account for, like all the people that have got COVID, which is a lot in California. It's, it's just a lot. And a lot of them potentially are walking around with pretty decent immunity. Under some form of either a mandate or recommendation for face covering. But our focus here today is on the 25 percent of people that haven't been vaccinated. We can end this disease and we can move beyond mask wearing. Uh, we can move beyond the stress and the rancor around in-person instruction for our kids or concern around lockdowns and social distancing once and for all by getting people vaccinated that are eligible to be vaccinated. And that's our primary focus. And we continue to encourage those local decisions for those non-pharmaceutical interventions like face coverings. Almost got it out. Yeah, he goes on to continue to support localism as long as they're following his mandates. And what do you attribute that those 25 percent that have remained unvaccinated? What do you attribute that to in your state? Yeah, it's about how many people got sick. Well, overwhelming majority of misinformation by right wing pundits. It's period, full stop. This, I, I am so sick of this. I am so sick of this. I am so, so sick of this. And I have to tell you, you owe me a favor. Because I, I resisted the temptation, and I think you're going to appreciate this. I resimped, res, resisted that temptation, although I, I might resent you a little bit for it. <clears throat> you and I are going to have to work this out. Of creating a super clips mashup of all of the things the Democrats said during the election to throw shade on Trump's vaccine program from Kamala to the crap that was on Joe Biden's website. There was shit thrown in the debates, the Democrats and the media. Every time Trump mentioned 
that the vaccines were just around the corner, made two days of hay out of ridiculing him over it. The media brought on every scientist they could possibly pay to come on and say that that could never happen. Politicians like Kamala Harris said they wouldn't trust it. It must be rushed. It was a go-to talking point during the last days of the Trump administration during the height of the election. They started the vaccine FUD as a hit against Trump. And now they have the sack to sit here and blame, quote, right-wing media, which is really code for like Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson, completely ignoring the fact that these cable news shows, even Tucker, who gets great views, have just a shadow of their former audience numbers. They have dramatically fallen in the ratings, all of them. Their influence has diminished, and yet they are using it as the whole cause of misinformation around the vaccine. Everyone can see this. It's blatantly obvious, and it contributes to that refusal to ever acknowledge another side of this debate did never give airtime to any other thinking, only one line of thinking allowed, and it underscores everyone who is quote-unquote hesitant because they're watching this for the, and the way they're taking this in as, comp, they're taking this in as confirmation of their concerns. They hear a man like Gavin say these things. They hear all of this, and it just confirms all of their concerns. It's, it's not right-wing talk shows that are preventing people from getting vaccines. It's people that have genuine concerns that are watching the world pretend like they don't exist, and it makes them distrust the entire situation. And the fact that I have to say that out loud makes it sound so stupidly obvious, and yet there will be people that listen to this and just don't believe it and just stop. I can't listen to that, Chris. He's crazy. And they're going to stop listening to the show because of the crazy third rail touching things I'm saying, even though it just, to me, seems so blatantly obvious. You can blame right-wing media. You can blame the Delta variant. But it all comes down to a lack of institutional trust. It's a fundamental rotting issue that's going to destroy our country. And these exact kind of back and forth conversations that are so extremely one sided and so extremely shallow and so extremely. I'm not going to say pandemic. They're more. I feel like I'm getting talked down to. I feel like they think we're stupid. That's what it is. That's what it is. They all think we're rubes. They think we're all a bunch of stupid rubes, and if they just say the same thing over and over again, and they blame the right group of people and make villains out of this one group of people and over and over again, we won't pay attention to their dramatic failures in leadership. We have the governor of California sitting up here talking about creating a centralized database of your vaccine status. We have them reinstituting policies that have done nothing to stop this virus. We have them refusing to acknowledge basic facts on the ground, like some people are going to have natural immunity. Some people don't like him, and that's why they're not taking the vaccine. And every time he goes on the air and does this, he just incentivizes and underscores all of their concerns and makes the problem worse. He is entrenching those people in their beliefs. And if you don't think this man knows it, then you are a rube. Time to be a little bit more specific. The Ron Johnsons of the world, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the Tucker Carlson's of the world. I watch them. I listen. I pay attention. Of the world. I watch them. I listen. I pay attention. Of the world means people like them. It means other people that have views like Tucker Carlson are the problem. 
He's not saying it's just Tucker Carlson. It's anyone who might ever share an opinion with Tucker Carlson. That's the problem. And Gavin Newsom's watching, and he's going to do something about it. He's going to save the world from right-wing misinformation. By right-wing pundits, period, full stop. Time to be a little bit more specific. The Ron Johnsons of the world, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the Tucker Carlsons of the world. I watch them. I listen. I pay attention. They're misinforming people. They're literally putting people's lives at risk. People are dying. Because you're so stupid that if Tucker tells you something, you can't discern if it's real or true or not for yourself. And once Tucker tells you something, you're incapable of taking in another opinion or other information. And because you're so stupid, you're going to die. That's what he just said. Because the only way Tucker Carlson can kill people is if they're all a bunch of dumb idiot zombies who take their programming from the television and then take it to the graveyard. And never give it a second thought. Never give it critical analysis. Maybe they're hate watching. Like He doesn't give any of that any consideration. Because it's so binary, because it's so inflexible, because it doesn't have any shades of gray, you know it's bullshit. It's not how the world works. The world is not binary. Things are not a black and white issue. Things are not yes or no. There is a gradient. There is always a middle. And when you don't acknowledge it, you're not acknowledging reality. He is literally up there right now refusing to acknowledge reality, both on the state of the ground in his own state and in the state of the conversation in the country. And this serves no one and it gets nothing done and it only only re-entrenches people's seemingly quite valid concerns that things are not getting adequately discussed and exposed. What do you attribute that to in your state? Well, overwhelming majority of misinformation by right-wing pundits, period, full stop. Because that is actually not true, because it can't be true, because the world is not that simple, he is in fact spreading misinformation. Time to be a little bit more specific. The Ron Johnsons of the world, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the Tucker Carlsons of the world. I watch them. I listen. I pay attention. They're misinforming people. They're literally putting people's lives at risk. People are dying because of the misinformation, either knowingly or unknowingly, regardless. Time to call it out. Draw these lines overwhelming majority of people. And there's good people that, look, I recognize have real hesitancy and real concerns. And we're working in California, leading the way in terms of addressing those issues. And Yeah, you've just been misinformed. We're going to help you. Getting family doctors and providers to address those anxieties and concern. But let's call it out. There's been a right wing talking point here. And it's overwhelmingly coming from certain networks. And it's having an impact on getting this disease behind us. Now it's impacting our economy. It's impacting not just our public health. It's impacting our ability to get our kids into schools. So enough, and including, by the way, the folks that are behind this damn recall in California. These are the exact same people. Oh, it all comes together. Funny, funny how that works. But you better get on it. You better get vaccinated if you haven't yet, because if you don't, you're going to create a super virus that the vaccines won't be able to stop. You see, it's not... It's not their fault. It's your fault. The CDC now saying COVID could be just a few mutations away from evading the vaccines you and I and so many other Americans have. What would that mean? Well, it would be we'd more or less be back to March 20th, 20, I mean, March 2020, uh, except that we would have a vaccine platform and could develop vaccine much more rapidly than even 10 months but it would be very, very problematic. We'd have to go back into a pretty severe public health measures like a a lockdown. Yeah. And those vaccines, they're not cheap, but that's the fear. If we don't, if we don't get on board with the vaccine, 
we're going to have to get back into the lockdowns and we're going to have to just start over again and get new vac. We're going to have to get new vaccines to take because people will take this new one that weren't taking the old one. Like what, what is the logic there? But what we are watching is this slow undoing of choice, choice about what you're going to do with your own body for better or for worse. Some would argue, well, if the government can tell you to go to war, the government can tell you to get a vaccine. And others would say, my body, my choice. But I think one thing that doesn't feel particularly American is forcing a medical action upon someone. That, that does feel like we would be undoing another one of these norms. And so many of these norms that kind of define some of the core essentials of this country have just become victims to COVID fear. As major medical organizations say vaccinations should be mandatory for healthcare workers, today the Department of Veterans Affairs became the first federal agency to require vaccinations for medical staff. Veteran Affairs is going to, in fact, require that all docs working in that, and facilities are going to have to be vaccinated. The state of California and New York City also announcing public employees will soon be required to show proof of vaccination or face weekly testing. Individuals' choice not to get vaccinated is now impacting the rest of us. With health officials confirming booster shots could be needed for Americans 65 and older, as well as those with compromised immune systems, tonight COVID cases are rising in every state, and so is the risk to all Americans, including the vaccinated. Miguel, I know in Los Angeles they're not just seeing a lot of cases, they're seeing a lot of very sick people. Yeah, Lester, the Delta variant is now accounting for 21% of those who are hospitalized in L.A. County. They are in the ICU, in part because so many Americans are getting so sick, there's a growing push for employers to mandate vaccines. 21%, that was what it was. 21% have Delta version. Getting employers to mandate vaccines would definitely be a new chip in that COVID norm now. So next week... Assuming the world doesn't fall apart, I have a special episode planned for you about some of my favorite resources. I have a road trip coming up, and so there'll be gaps in production, unless something happens. <laughs> you never know, I suppose. But there will be gaps in production, I assume. Um, I may jump on with, like, a, a mobile mic and cover something if things get really crazy. It feels like we could be on the verge of some COVID crazy. So I do keep it in the back of my mind. But otherwise, next week's episode will be a roundup of some of my favorite resources that produce pretty frequent content. So while I am on the trip, there'll still be a few great resources for you out there. I, of course, will continue to monitor things, continue to appreciate your support at patreon.com slash unfilter and taking your feedback at unfilter.show slash contact. Links for a lot of what got talked about today at unfilter.show slash 367. Unfilter.show slash subscribe for the RSS feed. Then you get episodes when they're published. Thanks for joining me. See you back here next week. Mommy needs a joint.